0: Good morning, everybody. Today, B'Zach we'll be learning Dav Chav in Maseches Kiddushin. It doesn't get better than this. Driving rain outside, uh, negative, whatever, in the morning, and uh, Slichas today. So we have a shortened shear. about uh, 25 minutes. So uh, at the top, it says, much How did we get here? We were talking about different Kinyanim, because we're learning Maseches Kiddushin. Then we were talking about the differences. Our most recent Mishnah on Chav discussed, the differences in Kinyanim between, because remember you talked about Meshicha, we talked about Hagba, we talked about the difference between giving the money when a person gives, uh, has a financial transaction with another person, so then when can you no longer retract it? Or when, another difference between when the actual transaction is considered to have taken place is when can you retract it is one. Another difference might be what happens if the value of said object changes, right? So do you go by when the money changed hand? Do you go by when the object changed hand? So what our Mishnah and Chafches had discussed was the difference between a regular financial between Barry and Andrew. Uh, people, by the way, were, uh, we, have, we have fans all over the world and they always want to know, why do you always pick on Barry and Andrew? So this is my two favorite guys. Uh, so so the, uh, uh, the question would be in a transaction with Hekdesh, ooh, how do you do that? So I'll spare you the suspense, right? With hektesh, your attitude is one of giving to hektesh, right? So it's assumed, as we saw, the das of the makna, so to speak, right? The das of the of the people who are involved in the transaction is always uh, is always going to be very very important in determining right when that transaction takes place. Like what what is your attitude? So here too, with hektesh, it's assumed that you want to give to the base of mikdash. So for example, so we start from the top line of chaftesh m'dalv. مشاخ b'mana, a private person right did a mashikha and at the time that he did the mashikha on the object so what is he doing he's doing a pidyon. he's taking the object from from base of mikdash and he's planning on paying right redeeming it by giving money to base of mikdash so he takes the object although he speaks does but he doesn't get a chance to pay at bin so when he takes the object first it's worth 100 then by the time he's paying the value of said object went up and it's worth two hundred. So, Acha So says the Gemara, in Right? In that case, he's paying the two hundred dinar again, because even because even though when he did the pigeon, it was only worth hundred. The idea is that you're going to give the higher value. My why do you give the higher value? Because the pasuk says, right? The Torah says, says in that context, it says you should, it says uh, you should add, and it's also, we say, venasan, right? That's how we explain, uh, it's a little, a little complicated, actually. Uh, it's a paraphrase of the pasuk in Sefer Yechor, but it's basically, the source here is that when you, when you give it, right? When you give for hekdesh, it becomes the property, right, of the person who's doing the pigeon only once he pays for it later, so that is that case. However, so, so that's like sort of the fixed point where you know that you're only gonna give that, that you're only gonna give the higher amount. But once you've already learned that, so then the reverse case, you're also still gonna give the higher amount to Hakadesh, as we see in the following case. Meshachah So let's say the converse, right? When you do the Mashiachah on the item, again, it's worth 200. V'loh speak not but by the time you pay, it devalues, no sin So he's still gonna give 200, okay? So, fine, so says the Gemara, what, what would be the reason there, right? I thought you were only supposed to give the, the number, uh, the value at the time of the giving of the money, right? Uh, that's what we learned from the Apostle so, and Yekhorah. It says the Gemara, Right, because once you're going to say, in the case where it increases in value that you're going to have to give 200, so now, even when it's devalued, you're going to have to give the higher value which is to say, in the second case, the value that was at the time of the Mashiach. And the reason there is because you shouldn't, because you wouldn't want it to be, right, that you're giving hekdesh less money than you would be giving in the parallel case of non-hekdesh, in a regular financial transaction. So again, there's where you see the attitude, right? The attitude is that you want to be able to give Atara always sends me uh, these uh, meaningful minutes, and her favorite one that she says every day is she wakes up every morning praying. There's two types of people, givers and takers. She wakes up every morning uh, praying that today she gets to be a giver all day. Wow. So that's, that, that's our attitude when we're trying to give the base of Mikdash, to be a giver. Okay, Padova Masayim. Okay, so now, what if you have the following thing? You... You are poda it when it's 200. right? So that is, we just explained that opposite uh, situation where he redeemed it, it was 200. And then he did the Meshicha, right? So now you're, now you're paying before you do the Meshicha, right? In the first two cases, you first took the item, right? And then you paid for it at the cashier in the front. Now you're paying at the cashier and then you're taking the item. Right? So when you so if you again you paid at the cashier two hundred, by the time you took the object it was worth hundred. How much do you think you're gonna give? No some of time. You better believe it. Right? You already paid for it, two hundred. My time of anasana case of a kamlo, because again the fixed point is when you give the money. However, the reverse case, here's the one case where you're gonna give less. money. So you paid the cashier at the base of Mikdash hundred to be pod an item. Loy speak the then you go and you take it time, all of a sudden it's worth two hundred. So there you get the object for only a hundred. Why is that? Am I? Right. The Gemara spells out the question here too. You should say that in, in the case where you're regularly buying, right, and you pay for something, right. So then normally. If you pay for something and then by the time you do the Mashiach, it increases in value, maybe the seller would be able to, right, uh, retract and negotiate the higher price. He says, wait a minute, you know, I know you already paid for it, but now this thing doubled in price. So why should Beis not be able to make such a negotiation? the When a person, right, would do that, would negotiate the price, we would not actually want to we would disincur- we would curse such a person right we would actually say that that is not good business practice that's not kosher money that's not faithful business practice you already paid for it okay it increased in value but we would discourage that kind of behavior so base mikdash is certainly not going to behave right it's going to want to model the proper behavior of uh, of saying that we are going to allow you to honor... We're going to honor the price that we sold this thing to you, and that's what Basimikdish is going to do. I would have said another thing, by the way, but there must be a reason why it doesn't say that. I would have said you already head you, because you already put it. Maybe not. Maybe it's only had you once you get it. In other words, once you're, once you're put it, it doesn't belong to the this, uh so to speak, anymore, but maybe it still does, I suppose. Okay, anyways, let's go with what the Gemara says, that we're going to model proper behavior. Now we're going to go further off field very interesting and pop- and um, well-known sugya. Up until now, we've been talking about kinyanim. Now, the Ritva quoted in the article says, the reason why we're discussing the topic now, this upcoming topic of the Mishnah on Chavtas, is because one of the mitzvahs that a father has to a son, one of the obligations that a father has to a son, is to marry him off. And that is relevant to Kidushin. And so, without further ado, kol mitzvah sabena av, anashim chayon v'nashim peturos. All the mitzvahs of the son on the father. Wait, that's ambiguous. Is that a mitzvah that a father has to do to a son or a son has to do to a father? We'll see. In the, we'll see. In the Gemara will we'll actually discuss it. If you think it's ambiguous, the Gemara also does. So We'll, we'll explain what it is. But Anashim Chayel and Menoshim gives it away. Uh, there's certain mitzvahs that a father has to do for a son, okay? And a mother does not. Uh, why, do I, why does that give it away? Because when it comes to mitzvahs that children have to do for their parents, so that mitzvah of kibud avaim is on both sons and daughters. But then there are certain mitzvahs that only fathers have to do for their sons. One of them, for example, will be like a bris milah. But we'll see those all in the, in the gemara. The whole mitzvah sa'ava la'bein, and when it comes to ha'ava la'bein, echad nashim uh echad nashim nashim chayavim. So that'll be like a, the kibud aim, right? That applies to men and women. The mitzvah sasei shasman garama anashim chayavim nashim petiras. Did you know that, Andrew? Then when it comes to mitzvah I say that are time bound. Those are Men are going to be Chayev in all of those Because after all Women are The ones that are Taking care of everything So we have All the time in the world And the women are Pater From those However all the mitzvahs That are not time bound Everybody is chayav in that So when it comes to Love What we call a love So then whether it's time-bound or not, so those women are going to be chayven, even if it is time-bound, except for payas, which women aren't chayav to have, and the beard, not the isser to uh, shave the beard, which women do not have, and and also becoming tome, if you're a coin, to a maid. So shout-out to Al Pfeiffer. I learned this with him th- approximately 30 years ago in Beis Medjah Or he was driving Miriam's red car at the time. I said Mustang, but it wasn't a Mustang. I now remember. I think it was a LeBaron. Okay. Says the Gemara, What does it mean? Is it the son to the father? The father is the son. Well, if you're going to say, If you're going to say it's everything that a son has to do for his father, women are are potter from Kibbut HaVeim and The Bryson says, You would have thought, right, what's Ish? Ish Imo Vaviv Tiro. Right? That you have to have Kibbut HaVeim. So you thought, yeah, ish, there you go. You have to fear your parents only if you're a male, because you're an ish. Ish nine. How do we know that women are chayav and Because when the post says that a person has to fear their mother and father, haray khan shnaim. Right? Tira'u is in the plural. So it's obviously two people. So what are the two people? So obviously it must be, right, uh, the, the, the son and the daughters. Amr Kamar. Okay, so it can't be the man, the, the, right, the father on the son, the children for their parents, rather. Rather, it has to mean, these are the mitzvahs of a son that are obligated on the father to do on behalf of his son. And that, the father is chayev and the mother is not. And on the basis of that, now we understand the accuracy of the following Brysa, because now this Brysa is going to spell out what are those mitzvahs that only a father not a mother are obligated to do for their son. Ha'av chayev b'vno What is a father chayev to do to his son? Limolo to do Brismila, and to redeem him. This is referring to Pidyon HaBen. It's the father who does it. We, we had a uh, David's pigeon the women were all behind, like in a different, uh, hall altogether in Brooklyn. Uh, it was all male over there. Ullamda Torah, not really true. Those are just a big mechita. "Ulamda, Torah, lasio, isha, lambda umnus. And to teach him Torah. And to marry him off. That's what the ritual says this whole thing's doing here. We'll see what all this means tomorrow. umnos. umnus. Wow. To teach him a craft. And some say, even to teach him to swim. So Al Pfeiffer, I spoke to him last night. I said, this is our sugya, Al. So he said a beautiful shot about this. We'll see if we have time for it either today or tomorrow. Abihuudah said, if you don't teach your son uh, I don't, uh, uh, a living, how to make a living, you're teaching him how to be a, uh, a bandit. What, you're teaching him how to be like a thief? Gumar says, yeah. It's like you're teaching him a thief. Famous Rashi, Rashi says, "The came of the If you don't teach him right, uh, if you don't teach him a craft, then he doesn't have to make money.. We last him at. Then he's going to go and, uh, and start taking advantage of people with like cash advance and nursing home scams. You can't do that. You have to teach him how to go to school and learn an actual uh, honest living, okay. Five lines down from, uh, from the wide, uh, two dots. Where do we learn that you have to brisk me? So you see, Avram was the one that was commanded, that was the first commander to do it for his son. So he was a father of the son. And the Gemara continues with the halacha that if the father doesn't do it, then it's like a communal obligation that the bezin takes upon himself to be this child. Right? Because actually in the Pasuk, in, in uh, Sefer Bratis, we see that this is actually something that's a collective responsibility for all of Klal Yisrael on the children. So, and, and then, let's say, if everybody does not do their responsibility, so the RL, when he gets to be old enough to do it, he's going to have to do the bris on himself. When it talks about the punishment of being an RL, which is an uncircumcised person, it says that you get the Isser of Kares. And when it it expresses that, it's expressing it to the Aral. It's addressing the Aral himself. It says, if you don't. <laughs> right. If circumcise yourself, you're gonna have a chiev karis. That's implying that the person has their own accountability for, mm-hmm. you know, once he gets to be old enough that he, that he has to, uh, be chayiv in mitzvahs, he's gonna be chayiv to do the bris milah. If nobody did it for them. So now the Gemara says, <laughs> how do we know that the mother is not? Where, it, this sounds like a collective thing on all of Israel. Where is the mother being left out? <laughs> it says, Abram, what? He was mal his son, just like Hashem commanded him. Oso v'lo osa Shekiva Oso. Oso in the masculine. And not her. In other words, that. Okay, but that's the singular thing. That was addressed to Avram Avinu, of course. So uh, Hashem didn't speak to Sarah. He spoke to Avram. So Ashkachan miyad, Ladoras B'Nolan asks the Gemara. I understand. That was a very specific case. Uh, that was a, the, the first one. So the first mila as we know, it's a dafyomi coincidence because we bring this up during... Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. This whole idea of right Avram Avinu and the Bris Mila. Okay, so that was just Avram Avinu. But how do we know that for generations only the fathers? Tana the Rishmael says the Gemara. Call Interesting. When it says the word Sav, That word this is an interesting fundamental idea. That word is talking about that just like you did it for them for zerus, right? For to uh, for motivation. And alacrity, it means that that uh, is the pattern that the mitzvah should have l'dorus for generations, which is to say, just like it was only in Avramivin, it's only in the males going forward. Zeruz, how do we know that it's to motivate? Right, So we say, command Yeshua, strengthen him. This is Hashem telling Moshe Rabbeinu that you should, you know, you're moving on, so you better tell Yeshua... And pump him up, right? As it were. So he could be juiced, right? And um, and strengthen him. And that was How is that for generations? Why? It has the word sav, But what does it mean? Because it says uh, So in that context, right? We said that that force is from that day and for generations. So the Torah itself describes that when the word is, uh is written, it implies for generations. Okay, so now... Two, five lines down the wide, the two dots. We're going on with the, with the mitzvahs that the father has to his son, and he has to do a pidgyon How do we know that's just the father? Right? Whenever you have a firstborn, your son, you have to do the pidgyon. And when... Uh, so, so again, just like with Brismila, if the father doesn't do the Piduna ben, so he has to redeem himself, right? Here, the, we're not talking about the rest of the bezin doing it for him. The person is going to have to be redeeming himself. Redeem, you shall redeem. So, so obviously, there's somebody else who has to be redeemed. Sounds like you also, if the father doesn't do it, it's the emphasis is teaching you that somebody has to do it like the son himself later on in life. So, <laughs> how do we know that the mother is not? Chayev in the name, Okay, so I'm doing a little bit of dictoc here, right? We're comparing the two words. We're saying, It is only he who needs to be redeemed, right, that has to be redeeming others, right? Otherwise, not. So, wait a minute. So, how do we know? Again, so, what does what the pasuk says? Kol b'chor ba'necha tifteh, right? Only the sons need a pidyon aben, and therefore only those sons who need a pidyon aben are going to be chayev to do the pidyon aben. Which is to say, only the males. Look, how I'm not going to spell it out. The How do we know that the woman doesn't have to do pidyon aben, aben on herself? Tifteh kol atzma atzma. Anyone who other people have to be poded he is commanded to redeem himself, and anyone who is not, who is not commanded to redeem them, they're not command, commanded to redeem himself, right? And obviously, the firstborn female, right, you don't have to do a pigeon on. How do we know? So again, we might have intuited originally from the Pasuk, but the Gemara takes us through it. how do we know that you don't have to do a pigeon abat? You only have to do a on aben? The Pasuk kind of gives it away. The kol Kolbachor, Bonecha, Tifdeh. Pidjon is on the ben. And that's how you know. So again, once you have a pigeon on a Ben, it's only on the son. And, and, uh, and, and in turn, only the son is Chayef to do the, only a father is Chayef to do the pigeon on his son. Okay. So now, Interesting case study. Who uh, no, lift those. Who called him levno? Okay, so there was not a lot of money in the family ever. And they were, or weren't able to afford it or they didn't know about it. And now, both, you only have enough money to be put in one of them. So who takes precedence? The father or the son? So the Tanakhama says, well, mitzvah, chayecha kodman, do it on yourself first, right? Like a, like a mask in an airplane when they come down from the ceiling, You Put it on yourself first, and then on your child, it says in the security uh, video. Rabbi omer, b'no kodman. No, Review the disagrees. It says, do it on the son first. Shazem mitzvah salavi, vizem mitzvah beno alav. That the mitzvah is pidyon aben. The mitzvah is on the father to do it. That's the iker mitzvah, right? And the son is then uh, and, and then his son is on him, okay? So that's the Iker Mitzvah, is the father to the son. So I'm Rebira. Rabir is explained like this as we turn to Chavtas, Everyone's going to agree Everyone actually is going to agree with the security video that if there's only five slime, which is the amount of Pidya Neben, as we've discussed, that he's that to himself, the father does, Right? It takes precedence over the opinion on the Ben. My time, mitzvah de Gufe Adifa. That's because his own right mitzvah has priority. However, when is when does the time come here maklokes? A fancy case, right? If you have land, let's say, that the father owned, right, but he had already sold it. So then uh, so and uh, so you have five kind of like tied up in real estate that he already sold away. And then five, slime liquid. So Rehuda is going to hold the following, right? That since there's a debt in the Torah, namely the pigeon so since the money is owed to the coin, so to speak, that money already was pre... This is talking about a case. This assumes that the land was sold, right? Before the son was Chayev, right? Before the son was born. But after the... uh, I'm sorry. Before the son was Chayev, but after... Sorry. The son was born... So therefore, the son was already chayiv, right? But the father, right? So again, I'm sorry. The son was already born. And therefore, the father had a Chayev on himself already. But the son was not chayiv yet because he was not of age yet. So that's what's going on here as follows. So again, once the father is chayiv, so then that Chayev predates the sale of the land. That's the point. So that sale of the land already was done with a pre-existing chov from the Torah. And therefore, you can go and reclaim the money from the person you sold the land to. That's what's going on. So he goes like this. He says, <laughs> It's as if you already had a shtar, which already had a kol, which already the, the person who you sold the land to has to relinquish it in order for you to fulfill that obligation of the pidyon ben that the father has, right? So with that five slime, you're going to redeem your son because you already have the chiv of pidyon ha-ben on your son prior to that transaction. So for that, the coin's going to take the five of the, that he already sold for him. for savri and the, and the rabbanon say no. Right, and the chachamim are going to say. So this is like a local right um, argument. Right? Does that original five slime that existed? Right, the of that existed prior to the sale. Right? Does that already obligate? So that's the machlokas rebhi'l on the Kama, where Rebbe Yehuda holds that that machlokas means that the father can now go take it for, back from the person he sold the land to. And then again, the other five slime that he has left, he's just going to give. That's going to be liquid. That's, that he's going to give on behalf of himself. Right? Over here, he's going to talk about, over here, the chachavim say that you, it is not pre owed that money, and therefore, he only has five slime liquid to play with, and therefore he can only, right, be uh, poda himself. Okay. So now, the nine lines down, we're going to talk about priority uh, with regards to pidgin aben. What's a greater priority? To do pidgin aben, right, or to use the money to do aliyah l'regel. Podes, no, pidgin aben. First, use the money for pidgin right? aben. No, the alila Regel precedes the Pigeon Bench. After all, alila Regel is now. Pigeon Ben, you could do later. Interesting. Can't, isn't Pigeon Ben also time bound? Well, it is, but you could do it a little bit later, whereas, yeah, and it'll still be considered a Pigeon Ben, right? It's not like, right? So, as opposed to alila Regel, if you're going to go in the middle of Cheshvan, You've missed it, right? That's not a liel right? You have to go during yontiv. Okay, so bishleimul Rabbi Yehuda kedam Taima. So he gave a good reason. El rabbanu Mai. Why uh do the pidyon a ben as a precedent, as a priority? To amar korak kol b'chor to penecha tiftet. Lo yirup nayreikam. You have to read the pasuk. The pasuk is in Shmos l'am darachal. Ufat ha chamar tiftet ba lo tiftet varafto. And then it says kol b'chor b'necha tiftet pidyon a ben And when you go for a liel and it, it don't go empty handed, it's a non secretor berry. Well, why what does Aliyah Laregel have to do Pidyon Aben? The sequence must be teaching you something. Taner Bonner, right? So the sequence is teaching you, what? That the Pidyon Aben comes first. Taner Bonner, minayin shim ayu lo chamisha banim, mechamesh nashim, shechaif livtos kulan. How do we know that if you have five children from five women, that you, all of them need Pidyon Aben? Talmud Lomer, kol to penech ativdeh. Once we learn that Pasuk, we see kol bachor, all the bachor require Pidyon Aben. It says, of course it is. It says, peteh rechem, Right? Ufatar tifteh. We're talking about the first of each womb. It says the Gemara. Yeah, but when it comes to a when you're giving inheritance, we know that a Bechor applies only to Rashis reshis no, to your actual Bihar of the father. So Afkan reshis ono. So you would have thought that, that would apply here too. Right? Kamash malan, kamash malan. No, that it's the firstborn, all the firstborns of all the women, um, uh, are implied here. Now, two dots, eight lines up from the wide, in the middle of Chavtesam Bez, L'Lamdo Torah. We're going to have to uh, resume tomorrow because we can't be late for Chaim with the Shlichos. We're going to start tomorrow with the mitzvah of teaching Torah to our children, to learn Torah with our children and with each other.